This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's that time of the week again? Wow, it comes quickly. After a Sunday like the one that we have just experienced, where it is an all-out blitz, it's nonstop football from Germany to Baltimore (laughs) to Philadelphia to Cincinnati, and those are just the marquee games that we put in the after-hours game of the week poll. Maybe the best game of the weekend was in Houston. Not to mention some of the road warriors that we saw this weekend. Cleveland, Green Bay, all hosting important games as we hit the midway point. I love what we saw on Sunday, but man, have you noticed Have you been keeping track the number of backup quarterbacks that are starting in the NFL right now and the number of rookies that we've seen under center or behind the line in the NFL so far this season? One stands above the rest, and we will talk about him coming up. We are definitely seeing few teams flex their muscles and raise their level of play against the best competition. Dolphins and Chiefs, we're going to get to that game coming up, but that was the one you selected as the game of the week in our poll. Interesting, too, because they used very different strategies when it came to navigating travel to Europe. One of the matchups among... Two of the best teams in the NFL. And while it was lopsided early, it ended up being a tantalizing finish. But then you think battle of first place teams that goes AFC, NFC, and the Ravens were unchallenged. Think about the Ravens wins over the Lions and the Seahawks now. The defense is unheralded. In each of those games, and then throw in Bengals, Bills as well, we still have the starting quarterbacks. We still have Patrick Mahomes and Tua, which is awesome considering what he had what he had to go through last season. We still have Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, and then Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Not that these guys aren't dealing with various bumps and bruises, certainly navigating aches and pains. And we could put Cowboys-Eagles in that category as well. 
another game that went down to the wire. The the phrase that you'll hear over and over from the Cowboys is a game of inches. And man, there are a few inches go in Dallas's direction, and that's a different outcome. But they still have their starting quarterbacks as well. Dak and Jalen. But then around the league now, and this is really one of the factors in determining the front runners, in seeing the strongest teams break out and create some separation a little bit. They've got their starting quarterbacks. In each of the four divisions in the AFC, the starters are still leading the charge. Even in the AFC North, where every team is above 500, now that Deshaun Watson is back, all four starting quarterbacks, at least the starters that were beginning the season, the starters that were expected to maintain those roles all the way through. Jacksonville's off this weekend, but yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes for sure. Around those teams, the best teams in the AFC, you've got all kinds of quarterback chaos. It's never as simple as the quarterback winning or the quarterback losing or the QB is great or he sucks and that's why a team is successful or not. But you certainly have a hell of a lot of better opportunity And you can separate yourself from the pack if your quarterback can stay healthy, stay on the field. And if you've got a top-flight elite quarterback, even more critical for your success. And then shifting to the NFC, same thing. Talked about Eagles and Cowboys, two of the top teams in the division. Jared Goff still standing for the Lions, even though we know they're on a bye this weekend. It's a good way to not get your quarterback hurt uh, hurt is to not play. (laughs) Brock Purdy, halfway through, still standing for the San Francisco 49ers, though they've dropped three in a row. We'll see them again next week. Derek Carr's back on the field. The leaders in the NFC South, the Saints. A lot of the other teams, not all of them, but a lot of the other teams in the NFC and the AFC that are scuffling along, that are still inconsistent, or that right now wouldn't talk playoffs if they got paid a whole lot of money because it just sounds ludicrous. Those are the teams that are dealing with QB changes. Those are the teams that are dealing with the loss of their starters. So there's a clear line of demarcation. And maybe that's what the 2023 season is about. Can you, it's always about can you stay healthy? Which teams have the greatest health, but also which teams have the most depth behind their guys who get hurt? Buffalo's dealing with a ton of injuries around Josh Allen, even though he's still upright and playing. All of these quarterback injuries are starting to take a toll. Though, I will say, it gives us some freaking cool storylines like Josh Dobbs not practicing even one time with the Vikings and leading them to a come-from-behind victory. Amazing. I love the attitude he brings to the table and how he and Kevin O'Connell had to work together just to get plays on the field 
Not one snap in practice. Not one. Shades of Baker Mayfield with the Rams last year. <laughs> Baker would love to have that spirit. Man, he's got a he's got quite the mush on him these days on the sidelines. He is supremely unhappy. Oh, that's your old team. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, though they could actually use Baker Mayfield right now. Hey, (laughs) Stop it. That was old. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us on a Sunday night. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. We'll have your Monday MVP poll up before long. And within the half hour... We will head to Cincinnati to talk Bengals and Bills with Mike Petralia. He's a Bengals insider, has the Jungle Roar podcast that can be found on his Twitter or on YouTube. I'm toying with the idea of a good, bad, and ugly show question tonight because we do that, but maybe we'll wait until tomorrow night. Just because we do it once a year, I want to make sure we're in a good space. There's so much to get to tonight, though. Did you feel a void with no baseball? First time in a while. Well, months and months. But first time in a while, we haven't had playoff baseball. NFL, college football, full speed ahead. So, again, find me on Twitter or on Facebook. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Raise your hand if you thought we were going to get a track meet between the Bengals and the Bills after they started with three straight touchdown drives. Burrow back at the 12, catches the snap, short drop, throws it into the back left corner of the end zone, caught by Irv Smith Jr., his first touchdown as a Cincinnati Bengal, and the Bengals are on the scoreboard first. Joe has the ball. Under pressure, dumps it nice. off short, caught. Drew Sample has a first down to the 10, the nice. 5, yeah. toward the pylon. Nice. He's in. Touchdown. Beautiful. Bengals, Drew Sample catching a short pass from Joe Burrow and doing the rest on a 22-yard TD. With a hurdle. Did you notice a tight end theme for the Bengals offense? It was there, and it was woven Throughout the game, Dan Hoare, Dave Lapham on Bengals radio mixed in a Josh Allen rushing touchdown. So yeah, before you could blink there in the first quarter, there was already 21 points on the board. Now it definitely got quieter in the second half or second quarter, excuse me, a bunch of punts. Josh throws an interception. He was firing high and just off on some of his longer throws until later in the game. Buffalo has a three and out late in the first half, which gives the Bengals a short field. And that leads to the Drew Sample touchdown. So this was a was a fun first half on those scoring drives. And the Bengals were able to keep the ball for extended periods of time. And that certainly helps when you're trying to wear down that Bills defense. So it's 21-10 in the third quarter. And Dalton Kincaid coughs up the ball. Critical turnover for the Buffalo Bills. Though Cincinnati has to settle for a field goal. 
those points were crucial, though. And actually, the Bengals, they had several snaps inside the 10 and could not get the ball into the end zone. So it was a strong hold there by the Bills' defense. But the points themselves mattered. So it was 24-10, middle of the fourth quarter, when you see the Bills start to heat up. And there's always the possibility that they can do this. There's always a possibility they can put points on the board in bunches. And they're spreading the ball around on the next drive. There's that sense of urgency. Allen's locked in. And there's a lot of pace to this drive as well. And even though he was using a variety of receivers, he had to come back to old reliable. This is a clock-burning drive for sure. 340 left. Allen in the shotgun. Shakir in motion right to left. Takes the snap, looking left, now back to the right, into the end zone to Diggs for the touchdown! It's a 17-yard touchdown reception! Can you dig it? And the Bills are going to go for two. That's Chris Brown on Bills Radio. And then the two-point conversion, which was also caught by Stefan in the back of the end zone. Uh, This might have been the most replayed moment of the entire game. I think NBC gave us seven or eight replays. And here's the crazy part. Not one of them featured Diggs colliding with a security guard and the two of them going down in a heap. So you may have seen after the initial touchdown, so not replays, but after the touchdown, the camera pans to the back of the end zone, of course, and Diggs is tangled up with a security guard who, granted, he he was standing wrong place, wrong time, but he couldn't have seen Diggs because they generally face the crowd. So he was more about crowd control and he and Diggs get tangled up and their teammates are coming in or his teammates are coming in and try to stand him up and help the security guard. Seven replays later, they don't show that collision. Do you think that was a concerted effort to prevent the poor security guard from being embarrassed? <laughs> I felt bad for him. It had to be a total shock. When Diggs rolls up on the back of his legs. Are you watching it, Jay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy goes down, and I mean, it was a thunderous drop. Uh, he was a, he's a large bodyguard type shape. Uh, they never, never showed it again, but actually was worried a little bit about Diggs because he's so slight and the, the bodyguard he's is so biggest, big. Yeah, big guy. He went it's, down like a ton of bricks. He did. He toppled hard. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Though we did see the the the, the left and right feet come down for Diggs over and over. Uh, brilliant. Body control and awareness. And sometimes I wonder uh, when these guys actually last check out uh, where the end line is, where their feet are. I, I mean, there's so much to take in right there, not to mention the defense who's trailing him from behind. And it didn't seem like he looked in that moment. He just knew it's it's thousands and thousands of reps. It's just, it was sweet to see him uh, with the two feet bang, bang before he took out the security guard. <laughs> so Buffalo was able to to pull within a couple of points there. And as I say, they get the two-point conversion. Uh, and really, Josh is able to get to Stevon Diggs and find him because he was spreading the ball around and the Bengals defense had to be mindful of the other receivers. Uh, So then Cincinnati has the ball back and the very first snap. So the first down, there's a deep shot to Tyler Boyd. I think it was 32 yards. Correct me if I'm wrong, but something like that. 30, 32 yards. 
And after that one shot, they're trying to run out the clock. So it's Joe Mixon. It's Joe Mixon. It's Joe Mixon. And they're just trying to keep the ball away from the Bills. Burrow in the gun. Mixon to his right. Chase out to the left. Boyd and Higgins out to the right. Drew Sample out to the right as well. Joe Burrow hands on hips. Eyeballing the defense. Buffalo showing pressure up the middle. The Bengals hand it to Mixon. Gets away from an ankle tackle. Running toward the first down marker. He's got it. Wow. And that is Coffin Nails. Bam, bam, <laughs> bam. These are the stages they want to be on. They don't shy away from them. Um, that confidence is earned confidence. It's not It's not anything phony. Um to try to present themselves as if they're ready for these games. They, they've worked for it, and they trust not only themselves, but they trust their teammates. Nine games left, so uh, we're 5-3 we're and three right now. We're in a great spot. Uh, we just got to continue to get better. Really happy with how we played the last couple of weeks. We got to keep it going. Uh, you know, we were 1-0 this week. We got to be 1-0 next week, too. This week means nothing. Uh, we'll come in tomorrow, watch the tape, lift, go about our business, and um, we'll go from there. Couple of streaks to note about the Bengals. As you hear Joe Burrow, he's not nonchalant. He was fired up on the field, just trying to take it all in stride. They've won four games in a row. So when I talked to Mike Petralia after the update at the bottom of the hour, I'll ask him, what was the turning point? How did the Bengals get their groove back? Like Stella. You know, my pop culture references, a lot of them come from the 90s, the 80s and the 90s. We did the whole Calgon take me away, and uh, that was, I guess, Friday morning. And the number of tweets and Facebook posts I got from people about Calgon take me away. <laughs> take me away. I could have used that over the weekend. Anyway, for those of you who know Stella and how she got her groove back, that's what the Bengals are doing right now. So that's one streak, four wins in a row. But... They also have five consecutive wins over the Bills. How big is that? And I don't know that it's psychological for Buffalo, but it certainly is a confidence boost for the Bengals that no matter where these games are, right now, they've got a formula that wins, that wins against one of the other top teams in the AFC. So Burrow has 348 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Josh Allen also into the end zone a couple of times, uh, passing, rushing, and throws a first-half pick. We had our opportunities, didn't score before half, um, didn't get six on the first drive of the second half. Um, that's not complimentary football. You know, you got to double dip and, and get the points there and um, give yourself a chance. And, you know, and it's the old cliche in order to, to win, you got to stop yourself from losing, and we didn't do that tonight. We got off to a really good start in a rhythm, um, and then after that it was tough sledding. And um, and so um, that can't happen, right? I mean, against a good football team that scores, that's known for scoring points and a good quarterback, you got to be able to score points, and, um, and uh, we didn't do it enough. You wouldn't think of the Bengals as a team that excels in time of possession, but they did that tonight against Buffalo. Plus 13 minutes with the football. And that's huge. If you can keep Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and some of the others on the sidelines, that's a big deal. Then you factor in, they win the turnover battle. So the Bengals are turnover free. The Bills turn it over twice. A couple of wasted possessions there. Yeah, it started out like a shootout. Didn't end that way. It got a lot grittier. 
But the Bengals can win that way too. So after the update, we'll head to Cincinnati, talk about the Bengals at the midway point of the season, now 5-3, and three, as are two other teams in the AFC North, the Browns and Steelers, and they're all looking up at the Ravens in that division. Man, every single team in that division is at least two games above 500. That is tough sledding. Straight ahead, though, we'll try to work in a few minutes for Cowboys and Eagles because this was another one of the candidates for Game of the Week, and it always lives up to the billing when these two teams get on the same field, this time in Philadelphia. No love lost. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. On our Facebook page, too, we're glad to connect with you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey radio that does it you are listening to the After Hours Podcast. First and 10, they're at the Cowboys 29. Hurts back again. He steps up. He's looking. He is going deep. And it is caught. It is caught down the far side of the field. Ooh, it is skinny Devontae Smith for a touchdown. That's skinny Batman. And the Batman. Eagles take the lead. That's skinny Batman. Hurts in the gun. Swift behind him. Slot to the far side of the field. Eagles up 21-17. Hurts fires. Complete to A.J. Brown. Touchdown. He no. caught the ball at the two. Cut yeah. back and walked in. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. After trailing at the half, the Eagles begin the third quarter against the Cowboys with a deep shot to Devontae Smith. You hear the calls there with Merrill Reese and Mike Quick. Poor Merrill losing his voice there. Actually started out fairly strong at the beginning of the game, but as this went on, it, it just became harder and harder for him to get the words out. Pretty stutter step by Devontae to get behind the defense for a 29-yard catch. And that put the Eagles in front. The next drive, 87 yards, over six minutes. And it's this healthy mix of DeAndre Swift and A.J. Brown. Boy, does he bull rush people. He is a brute. 
And I do mean that as a compliment for a wide receiver. But it's A.J. who catches the touchdown or catches the ball and then barrels into the end zone for the touchdown. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, This game had all of the makings of one of those classics that you love between the Cowboys and Eagles and really the bitterest of rivals in the NFL. A lot of what you know about the team can go out the window because they know each other so well and there are no secrets. And it's just about who can execute. And as we heard from the Cowboys following the game, who can take advantage of the opportunities and get those extra inches. Yeah, so the Cowboys, they were keeping pace and had multiple opportunities late in this game to be able to force the issue down the stretch. It's fourth down and a yard and a half. They will push no tushes. Shotgun fourth and goal. Snap back, looking left. To the goal line, the pass. It's caught for a touchdown. Right across the plane, and it's caught by Schoonmaker. It's a big old tight end world, isn't it? Ferguson had one earlier, now it's Schoonmaker. Well, the the arms of the judge, the side judge over there in the corner went right up. But this is going to be reviewed more than a Broadway play opening. (laughs) The left knee, when the left knee is down, Schoonmaker's down. And the ball has not crossed the goal line. I think this is going to be coming back. That it did. And so right there, one of those opportunities where the Cowboys have to walk away with no points, inches away from that touchdown. They later do get a TD pass from Dak to Jalen Tolbert, seven yards, but he steps out of bounds on the two-point conversion before the ball crosses the plane. So right there. You've got points left on the board, not just the touchdown, but also the two-point conversion at that juncture would have pulled them within three. And so they're going for a field goal instead of a touchdown on their last couple possessions. Yeah, ultimately, the Eagles got the lead early in the third quarter, and they're able to protect it with that brute defense. Prescott in the gun. Prescott. Into a long count. He takes the snap. He steps up. He fires. Incomplete. Incomplete. No flag. Intended for Tolbert on the near sideline. No and the Eagles take over on downs. Football's in such an unbelievable game. There's highs. There's lows. And sometimes it may, it brings you to tears of joy. Sometimes it brings you to tears. It's always a little cooler when you when you win against a really good football team and, and the really good football team being Dallas. And I know that means a lot to our fans. Uh, got a lot of respect for those players and coaches over there. Um, man, a um, lot, lot, of, lot of, it was a good battle back and forth. And it was, it's cool to, be, again, like I said, it's cool to be a part of that, um, that rivalry. What an incredible win. What an what a, uh, incredible uh, sense of perseverance and resilience from this team. Um, still have yet to play our play the complete game, um, and we're so hungry and eager to continue to grow and build upon the things that we've been able to do. Jalen hurts the bulky knee, so he got 
hit. Uh, it was Demarcus Lawrence kind of rolled into him and his knee twisted a bit. And he looked like he was in a bunch of pain, but he didn't want to talk about it after. Shook it off. 243 total yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and the way that they can spread the ball around and use a variety of weapons is very impressive. Nick Sirianni before that, uh, talking about how this is another crazy game, another crazy win between Cowboys and Eagles. As for the Cowboys, another 10 penalty flags. Uh, They've got the turnover in there late that really made a difference. Uh, The Dalton Kincaid fumble, five sacks of Dak Prescott by the Eagles. And so even though they were over 400 yards of offense, they come up short. Stating the obvious, it's a, it's a game of inches. And, and um, you know, and we came up, you know, inch or two short on a couple of plays. But um, love the way our team plays. I love our play style. Uh, give the Eagles credit. Uh, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great home environment here. Uh, I have a lot of appreciation for, for Jeff Lurie and what they've done here. So love to come here and compete. And uh, we knew this was the kind of game it was going to be. I always tell you guys, the margin of penalties and errors is so slim. I mean, we step on the goal line, knee hits the ground before the goal line. Um, Crucial uh, penalties on drives that, you know, we should have got off the field. Um, It's a a hard league to win in. And when you kind of beat yourselves on certain things and and other factors don't help, it just really hurts. So, I mean, we could take away the game that – it was a chance we could have won. Either way you look at it, it was a close game. It was 50-50 toss-up. We had a chance to win there at the end, but we didn't. So we got to get back to the drawing board and get ready um, for next week. Micah Parsons practicing for his podcast on Monday. It will be can't miss, of course, in the wake of Cowboys-Eagles. Whew, just getting started. By the way, Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio. I listened to most of the game on the radio because uh, the whole thing was not airing in my market, though a lot of it was on NFL Network, which made me very grateful. On Twitter, A-Law Radio on our Facebook page, too. Coming up, a conversation about the Bengals. Four games in a row. Now they've won. When did they get their groove back? You are listening. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Running to the After Hours Podcast. They do a good job on defense, disguising coverages, giving us different looks, bringing pressures, and, and disguising those. So, you know, you have to be ready to adjust and adapt on the fly. I mean, I thought we did that really well today. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Joe Burrow. The Bengals are back in rhythm and flow. Four consecutive wins, five in a row against the Buffalo Bills. This game on Sunday Night Football. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're pleased to welcome Mike Petralia. Bengals insider from Cincinnati has the Jungle Roar podcast. As we look big picture, Mike, when 
did the Bengals get their groove back? Going into Arizona, they were one and three, and uh, they absolutely positively had to have a win because they knew that the rest of the division were winning their games. And I think, you know, they obviously felt that to keep up pace with, uh, you know, the, the Clevelands, the Pittsburghs, and, of course, the Baltimores, uh, they had to, you know, at least pick up one win, and that would start to turn the tide a little bit. And as it turned out, they really got back on track in Arizona with the offense starting to click. And, you know, certainly the Bengals' defense is the character and the backbone of the team, but the Bengals are going to go as far as Joe Burrow takes them. And the reason the Arizona game, Amy, was significant and a turning point for uh, this team was because that was the game we started to see Joe Burrow play like a healthy, closer to 100% Joe Burrow. Once that started to happen, I think there was a sense throughout the locker room uh, that, you know, now we can get on a roll. Now we can start playing the kind of football that we've come to expect of ourselves. And I think that's what you've seen over this four-game winning streak is that the offense has gotten off to quick starts in each of the four wins, and uh, that has really enabled them to kind of control the tempo in each of the four games. Yeah, how important for them to finally figure out a way to score on their opening drives? Because as you point out, that had been missing, but that's what they've had in these past four games. No question, and I think a lot of that is uh, Joe Burrow's ability to read the defense early in games dictate to the defense how he wants to run, you know, the first, let's say, 15 scripted plays of the game. And uh, he's done it at a very, very high level. You know, in the Seattle game, the offense kind of went to sleep for the last three quarters, and nobody here in the building was very happy about that. Uh, and But you throw that game out, the second half of that game, and the Bengals have been very good offensively. They've been very efficient. And what you've seen in the San Francisco game last week and the Buffalo game tonight is the ability to close out. And good teams find ways to close out the opposition when, you know, Josh Allen finds Stefan Diggs, you know, for a uh, uh, touchdown late in the game with about uh, three and a half minutes to go. It's up to Joe Burrow to kill the clock, and that's what they were able to do. Joe Mixon didn't have any real long runs. He was pretty close to breaking out a couple, but ends up with shy of 40 yards, even though he had 14 carries, had the one touchdown. But he was really important getting that last first down so they could run out the clock. But in terms of balance between run and pass, what's the goal with this Bengals offense? Oh, I think you run enough so that they are not, pinning their ears back and coming after Joe Burrow every single down. The low point for this team was the game in Tennessee where the Titans really zero blitzed Joe Burrow to death because he couldn't get out of the pocket because he wasn't fully healthy and the team did not want to take a chance and sign off on Burrow doing a lot of scrambling or you know darting to his left or right to avoid pressure. He was kind of a sitting duck back there. You know, with that in mind, they really couldn't get the running game going in that game either. When you can't move in the pocket and you can't get the running game going, <laughs> you don't have much of a chance to get your offense on track. But since that game, you know, as I said, starting with Arizona, they've been able to uh, to start games, get the run game going. Uh, you know, the last couple of games, San Francisco and tonight against Buffalo, Burrow's been under center much more. And that's helped them as well uh, in terms of getting the run game going downhill. 
And you can certainly see that he's able to scramble now and avoid pressure and extend plays. That's clear now that he's healthy. We're excited to talk to Mike Petralia again. Actually, first time this season. So here we are at the Midway Point. Has the Jungle Roar podcast as a Cincinnati Bengals insider. And it's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Pretty impressive the way the tight ends were able to rack up the catches and the yards on this particular night. Man, he really worked all of them into the offense. 10 catches, Amy, on 11 targets for 101 yards between Irv Smith Jr., Drew Sample, and Tanner Hudson. And, you know, a lot has been made around here. Uh, when is Joe Burrow going to get the tight ends involved? Or, you know, have, has Burrow forgotten about the tight ends? Did the tight ends even matter in this offense? And tonight we got the answer. Yes, they matter very much because what the Bills did was they shaded the safety over um, to Jamar Chase. They really weren't going to let Jamar Chase catch many balls tonight. He didn't. Uh, T. Higgins caught eight passes for 110 yards, but he did a lot of damage in between the 20s. So it was up to the tight ends to really produce in the red zone, and that's what happened. You know, you saw Drew Sample actually just outside the red zone come up with what, Amy, I thought was the biggest touchdown of the game right before halftime. Buffalo's hanging in there, just trailing 14-7. And uh, the Bengals forced a punt from the Bills, and they got the ball on a short field, 46 yards. uh, And the 22-yard touchdown run uh, after the catch from Drew Sample really changed the um, tenor of this game quite a bit as the Bengals led 14 points going into halftime. Also win the turnover battle. So they are turnover yeah. free, but a couple, including uh, one late that really made a difference for the Bills. So you mentioned the Bengals defense. Of course, they're not going to get the same attention as Joe Burrow in the offense, but what makes them tick? Well, that's a great question. And I think Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, makes them tick. He's a Staten Island guy with a New York attitude and he's not afraid to show it to his players, good and bad. I mean, he knows how to motivate the players. And I was talking to Jermaine Pratt after the game, uh, you know, about that turnover that uh, he helped create, that he punched the ball loose from Dalton Kincaid. And he's like, Lou is going to get on us from start to finish uh, in terms of every game, making sure we are trying everything in our power to create turnovers. And in the last Four games, they've created eight turnovers, seven interceptions, and the one fumble tonight, forced fumble. And those are huge plays if you can get them. And, uh, Lou Hanarumo, by the way, uh, has a great bond with uh, Jermaine Pratt, as Jermaine Pratt was really the first draft pick hmm. to be selected as a defensive player uh, in the Lou Anarumo Zach Taylor era. How much does it matter that they have won five in a row against the Bills? I think it does matter because, you know, whether it was in the playoffs in the snow last year, even in the game in which DeMar Hamlin, you know, had the event, the medical emergency on the field, they stopped that game. The Bengals were having their way early in that game. They were up 7-3. to Kind of had that feel tonight early on as well. It was 14-7. Uh, and then the playoff game and then tonight, I think games like this matter when you know that you're going to probably have to go through a team like Cincinnati or Kansas City uh, to get to the Super Bowl. And I think with the Bengals exercising that kind of confidence over an opponent like Buffalo, I think it's a big deal. 
Mike Petralia is with us in Cincinnati after a Sunday night football win for the Bengals. They're now above 500. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Did the confidence waver at all after they started slow for a second straight year, Mike? I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets and say not really. No, because they did it last year and they brought back a team that was built to really get back to the Super Bowl and win it this year. They knew how good they were, right? Uh, I think that's the best way to answer it. The, the Bengals knew how good they were. Were they capable of playing to that level? Well, you know, I saw it all those years in New England. The, Bengal, the Patriots would spend the first month figuring out what their strengths are hmm. and figuring out what their weaknesses were and stay away from those and play to our strengths. That's very similar to what I have seen from the Bengals uh, the last uh, two years. And even going back to 2021, they played the same way. Uh, but the Bengals know their talent very well. I would say that about Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin, the director of personnel. They know what they have here, and they just are patient in terms of letting the team play to that skill level. Let's talk about the schedule a little bit. They haven't faced any AFC North opponents since the first two games of the year that were both losses against Cleveland and Baltimore. What stands out to you about the AFC North at this point midway through, Mike? It's a black and blue division, Amy. And uh, I think that appeals to the Bengals because I think they think their quarterback is a true separator. If Burrow is healthy, and that even includes maybe Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a different type of quarterback, but I think the Bengals like their chances if you put Joe Burrow up against Kenny Pickett or even Deshaun Watson. I know Watson, you know, played pretty well today against Arizona, but I think, you know, Burrow is the separator. And that's what I've, you know, felt all along um, about, you know, the Bengals in the AFC North. If they hang around long enough in the season and don't shoot themselves in the foot, uh, I think they feel confident that they can beat any, to- uh, any team, any place, any time very much prepares these these teams to be ready for the playoffs. Well, you know what's also amazing, Amy? Right now, as we're speaking, all four teams are in playoff position right. in the AFC North. It's a pretty remarkable uh, occurrence given that we've nine weeks through the NFL season. Yes, we have you know a little under half of the NFL's schedule to be played, but still, that's a remarkable testament to a division that Zach Taylor – Every time he talked about the AFC North, called it the best division in football, hands down. And that was, you know, at the start of training camp. He said that through training camp. He said that through preseason and even at the start of the season when they played in Cleveland. And, you know, Zach Taylor must have known something because the division uh, is playing at a very high level. Mm, all four teams above 500. Okay, so before I let you go, Mike, how would you describe the atmosphere, the, the attitude post-game after their fourth straight win? Low-key, but very optimistic. Optimistic because I think the team feels like they're starting to really play to their level. And as long as they feel like they're playing to their level, they feel they're they are a championship caliber team. Um, but that being said, uh, they are very focused on Houston this week because they know what's ahead of them on a short week after Houston. Mike Petralia from Cincinnati, longtime friend of mine, so I always appreciate having him on the show. You want to check out the Jungle Roar podcast. It's on YouTube and on Twitter at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Great to connect with you. Bengals are red hot, so we might have to do it again soon. Thanks so much, Mike. 
I would look forward to it, Amy. Thank you. It is hard to believe that we are into week nine now with just one game left. And that means we'll be exactly halfway through the NFL regular season. It is flying. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. We've got one hour down coming up in the AFC North. Everyone's looking up at the Ravens. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.